Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I think one of the best testimonies of a healthy church, healthy Christian, healthy Christian environment is love. Jesus says, "You'll know they'll know you're my disciples by your what? Love, one for another. And we're living in a time where believers are known for a lot of things, but not always love. Some believers don't know how to hold truth and love together. Whereas I got the truth, now how do I hold the truth and love? We got to get better at that. Because some of us got the truth, and that's all we got. As Christians, it's easy to get too comfortable with our faith. We often get to a point where we're content with our relationship with God and get lazy in keeping up the work on our end. In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to maintain resilience in your faith and finish strong for the Lord, even when it seems unnecessary or like you've done enough already for the kingdom. Never give up storing treasures in heaven. There's always work to be done to further God's kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 as he continues his message, Established in the Faith. He got chased in the parking lot. Yeah, that's how it is. If you represent the Lord, those that love him are going to love you, right? But those that hate him are going to hate you too. And Jesus also said this, write down Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12. Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12. Jesus says, blessed are, ye, are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who are before you. Again, this is Jesus's introduction to service, call to serve. He says, guys, they're going to they're going to come against you, but rejoice when they do it. Be exceedingly glad. And 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 you're not the first one to happen to the prophets before you. It's going to happen to you, too. Um, two, two more. Second, Timothy 312. Paul told Timothy, he says, yes. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It is just a matter of fact for the believer. And I'll close those verses with this one in first Peter five ten. I just love this. It's a time frame on persecution, trials and suffering. And there's divine purpose on it. Peter said, first uh, Peter five ten. but may the God of all grace, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. So even when you're going through it in the Lord, you're not going through it for nothing. God is perfecting you, maturing you, establishing you in your faith, settling you and strengthening and settling you. Um, God is doing something through every bit of it. And so let's move on now. Verse four, he says, Paul says, for in fact, we told you before when we were with you that you would suffer, we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And, and you know, for this reason, verse five, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, least by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. And so here Paul says, this is what I was concerned about, that that the tempter had somehow tempted you guys, that somehow the tempter had come along and 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 and, and caused you guys to, you know, fall away from God or, or give up your faith or, or whatever. And so we, we need to know this about faith, that. The enemy comes away right away if he can, 
uh, to discourage, to dissuade, to turn people away from the faith. And so as we're ministering the gospel, as we're ministering to people, we need to be mindful that it's, this is spiritual. And sometimes people need to be helped. They need to be reminded. They need to be pointed to the word. They need to be girded up. They need strength. They need help. We need to know that Satan himself will come against somebody. As you, as the seed of the word goes forth, when God gave the, the parable of the sowers, right, the, the different seeds, they fall on good ground and stony ground, and, 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 and they come up in different ways. Well, the one that fell on the stony ground, it said the birds came. The bird represented Satan. And as soon as the seed dropped, it said Satan came right away and just boop, 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 plucked it away. That's what Paul's, I'm concerned for you guys. I, I want to be sure that, that the enemy is not just, just coming through and, 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 and the tempter haven't tempted you away from the truth. Uh, today it happens like this. I'll talk to someone that they're, they're kind of getting going in their walk with the Lord. And they're like, yeah, you know, I was, I, I'll talk to people that are watching somebody on YouTube. And then they got all jacked up in the face. I was watching a guy on YouTube. And he was saying about the, the, the pyramids and the, the, the Wallachazoos and the UFOs. And I'm like, oh, gosh, man, I, I, I can't tell you how many, you know, y'all know anybody can go on YouTube, right? Yeah, anybody can go on YouTube and say anything. Y'all got to be careful with that. And so uh, and there's no accountability for being on there. And so um, but today, those are ways where the tempter comes and just plucks away the truth, deceives people. And so. That's why as those that are making disciples and doing discipleship, we got to come alongside people. We got to help them out. We got to, you know, we got to gird them up. We want to walk a little closely with them until we see them established in the faith. I've seen over the years of being in church and being around, I've seen a lot of people start and stop, get going and then fall off. And then somebody that they were saying they was Christian is now saying that they're Hebrew Israelite or they're Muslim or they're whatever. Or they're agnostic. And it's like, well, so you was never really Christian. Uh, but how did that happen? How did you become so convinced of that lie and you didn't become convinced of the truth? The enemy, he's at work. And that's why we got to be busy doing our work. That's why we teach the Bible. That's why we make disciples. That's why we come alongside people. Here's something important. This is why you need to be praying for those that you're seeing, those that are moving forward, those that are taking steps. Sometimes we pray heavy for those that are not saved yet. But those that are kind of moving forward, you got to pray for them. This is a spiritual battle. That's transpiring and you want to pray for them while ministering to them. And so, again, he said, I sent to know your faith, at least by some means, the tempter attempted you in our labor. Our labor is if you if y'all don't end up saved, our labor was in vain. Right. That's all that that was all we came to do. Our goal was that y'all would be saved. And if that doesn't happen, our labor would be in vain. And so look down to verse six, six to eight. It says, but now that Timothy has come to us from you. And brought us good news of your faith, third time, your faith and love that you always have. Uh, you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affli affliction and distress, we are comforted, comforted concerning your faith. And so Paul is saying, look, now that Timothy has come back and he's let us know of your faith and your love uh, also, that you guys care about you guys have you, they, they have the same fond memory of Paul as he had of them and just he missed him. How many how many of us here have ever gone on a mission trip by show of hands? I mean, mission trip people that we have. All right. Um, we got to do some. We're going to do some missions. Once this once this COVID stuff lifts, um, we got a few things that we want to we want to get out there. But here's something that happens when you go on a mission trip. Right. Believers will leave California, let's say, go somewhere else in the world. God will God will so connect your soul 
with other believers in other places. You'd be amazed at how just spending two weeks together with some believers somewhere else. Um, there, there are people I've, I've been several places over over my life and everywhere I've gone, there was some connection that is exists to this day. Um, there was a young man. I went to Russia in 2002 or six, no, 2006. And it was, a whole, you know, we did a bunch of outreach and stuff. It was a youth mission trip. I was leading a trip with youth from our old church. There was a young man named Sasha. And um, that's, a, that's, that's a, a, it's a male name out there on the young trip. But, um, but he was a young guy. He was, he was doing worship, but had a heart for pastoring. He's pastoring now. He's married. He's got kids. He's serving the Lord. He's fruitful in service. But the Lord connected us way back then. And there's a few little phrases and every once in a while, he hit me on Facebook or somewhere else. And, and um, it's like, man, that was in 2006. But we're connected to this day. Uh, that's, that's a brother in the Lord. I've never been back to Russia, but we're still connected to this day in the Lord. Um, and it's on and on. And so I, there is something sweet that happens. Um, I think as we go and share in the ministry with people in different places, um, you guys should know there's a group of guys in Haiti right now where I do a, a they have a Bible college there. Uh, and they're guys that want to be pastors in there. They want to they're, they're studying to be pastors and go back to their local provinces to plant churches. And so every Friday we do a class and we're going through books of the Bible with these guys over Skype. And they want so bad for a group of us to come down. Um, and we were trying to plan a, a trip for like February. But then all the lockdown stuff, I don't know. I, I don't want to take nobody to Haiti and then can't come back. And so we're kind of waiting for things to lift. But um. These are guys that are they, they would love for us to come and, and do a, a men's some men's ministry. That's what they're asking for first. So you guys can be praying about that whenever we get to where we can do it. I'll definitely announce that. Um, but I, I definitely would love to get out and do some missions. Paul, in the three weeks he spent with them, his heart is gone out. He loves them. He cares about them. He thinks about them. He's he's so concerned that when, even though he's going through his own issues, he's like, man, hearing that y'all are doing well, even though we're going through it. It just lifts me up, man. Uh, even though I'm in a difficult situation where I'm at, never mind that I got chased out of town. Y'all forget about all that. Hearing that you guys are continuing in the faith made it, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. It all, it all is all worth it if that's what God is doing. And so you notice what he said in verse seven. Um, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we are comforted concerning your faith. Um, for now we live, uh, we live I'm sorry, for now we live, verse 8, if you stand fast in the Lord. And so, um, you know, Paul is just, that, that's what he wants for these believers, that they would just continue, that they would stand fast in God. Verse 9 and 10 now, for what thanks can we render to God for you, for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And this kind of leads us into where Paul is going next. First, he says, look, what thanks can we render to God for all the joy that we have and rejoice that we're so grateful for what God is doing? And he says, and so that, for that reason, night and day, we pray, we, we're praying for you guys exceedingly that one, that we would see your faces and two, that we may, um, we may perfect what is lacking in your faith. And so this is not a knock. He's not putting them down. If you've only been three weeks in the Lord, you know, three weeks of like heavy teaching and discipleship, you know, you could only get so far in a few weeks, right? So Paul isn't saying you guys are weak in the faith or slow. He said, man, I I can't wait to get with you guys. I want to see you again, but I also want to finish what we started. I want to perfect 
that which may be lacking. I, I see some areas where you guys need to be taught. Um, this is not a put down. This is just Paul acknowledging that, man, I need to help him out in some areas. And so and this can be the case. Right. There are times where and I think this is so important. There are times where we're interacting with believers that maybe don't know everything that we know. Right. Uh, maybe you've been in the Lord 20 years and you come in contact with a tech with a new believer, baby believer. They don't believe everything you believe yet. This is where we got to be careful today because some believers are very judgmental. Um, and they're not really considering all of the, the facts, right? If, if you're not taking into consideration that that person is brand new, just made a commitment to Christ, um, don't know all the verses you know yet, haven't been to all the classes you've been to yet, and maybe you're a little bit offended at their how they talk, right? Anybody talk to a believer and they kind of talk like, like, like you don't talk like that no more, but they do? And you're like, well, as a Christian, you can't talk like that as a Christian, you know, be easy, easy. man. You got to walk people through stuff. They're not there yet. You know, um, I, I, I had somebody that was, you know, pretty, pretty freshly saved. And um, and they heard a sermon and they were like, hey, man, that, that was the S. I'm, I'm not going to say it, but I was like, I, I know I, I appreciate the, you know, what you were trying. I, I understood they were saying that they, they were blessed by it, uh, but they were using the old vernacular. And I was like. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get to that next time. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel led to be like, hey, bro, you, you can't say the S word and you can't, yeah, forget it. You know, we'll get there. You know, so we, we got to be mindful, you guys, that sometimes, again, I, I, I think sometimes believers can get so far removed from where God saves you from. Um, I look back at when I first got saved and how I used to think and how I used to do. And it was, it was, I gotta say it was radical. It was, it was like, it was very, like, it was just radical, but I was still very green at a point in my, in my faith in the Lord. And so, um, my language didn't clean up till I met my wife. Um, you know, there was other aspects of, you know, there are things I thought were fine to do. I thought I could bully somebody into a walk with the Lord. I, that's, I, that's what I thought. You know what, man, like, y'all gonna hear this from me. And uh, I, I thought you could bully people into it, and I realized you can't. This is spiritual. Um, you can make them listen, but you can't make them walk after you leave. You know, um, I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna box some people into to the faith, and God was like, "That's that's not how it works, son." So, um, we everybody matures and grows. Remember that um, Paul is mindful of that with them, and he's looking. He's I'm looking forward to seeing your faces and perfecting that which is lacking. Um, some of what we're gonna see in the rest of the book. Um, as we come to the next week, Paul's going to deal with purity. And it, it would appear that maybe there was some lack of purity in, in, in the group that Paul's, let me talk about purity. Let me, I'm perfect was lack. He's going to talk about purity. He's going to talk about Christ coming, clarifying, you know, when believers die, where they go, um, the, the, the second coming, how Christ is coming back. He's going to deal with the, the rapture in here, the day of the Lord, final judgment. So there's, there's things that they obviously didn't know or understand that Paul says, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to help you guys out with that. And I, I think believers, mature believers, that's what we want to do for our, our, Christ, our younger Christians. We, let's share with them. Let's walk them through it. Let's explain to them, how did you arrive at that point? Uh, I'm going to say this to parents. Parents sometimes miss the opportunity to disciple because you have rules. 
And I'm not saying parents shouldn't have rules. So don't don't y'all don't don't cut your eyes at me right now. Don't cut other stay stay with me, right? But sometimes parents can do this, you know, because I said so, you know, okay. Some that's appropriate sometimes, right? Um, right for right now, I got time to explain, just do it because I said so, or I'm gonna beat you there. Um, but eventually, you if you want your kids to have their own conviction, you gotta explain that. Break that down. How come I couldn't do that? How come I couldn't go there? Because if you don't explain it to them and help them develop a conviction, then all they know is I didn't do it because mom said I couldn't. I didn't do it because dad said I couldn't. As soon as mom and dad are gone, they don't have you didn't disciple them. You didn't you didn't sow a conviction in them. You just gave them some rules. And everybody follows the rules when the person that's enforcing the rules is present. Right. How many of you guys speed when you don't see police? Hands up. See, that's y'all do it, too. And if you see a police officer, everybody immediately you speeding and you see him in the rear view. What do you need? You, you just you ease off. Right. Try not to break, you know, but you just you just ease off it because the one that enforces the law is present. So that's all you've done for your kids. But we want to disciple them. That takes time. That means I got to sit down and try to explain in ways that they can understand, hey, this is why we don't do that. Look, maybe you didn't know this, sweetheart, but the word says this and and that's what's happening there. And so we don't want to watch that or sow that or hear that or do that or practice that because, you know, God said and 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 let's give them the conviction so that they can develop their own conviction so that when you're gone and they're away from you, when they're away from you, I want I want God to be at work. I want them scriptures to become in their mind. I want the spirit to bring the remembrance the word that was sown in but you gotta you gotta give it to them in order to do that and so uh, that's just something I think parents uh, we want to do we want to do that in discipleship in general but as parents um, we got to explain things and give our kids the word and 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 be patient in explaining um, so that they can develop their own conviction that means I got to answer questions and the yeah buts and how comes and why this and then blah 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 you got to do all that for them so that they can have their own conviction one day. Uh, moving forward, look at verse 11 now. Paul, his closing prayer for these believers is now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. First thing Paul prays, man, I'm praying that God would direct this to you guys. I, I want to I see you guys again. Uh, there's a, a desire to be with them. And so, you know, Paul established many churches along the way of his life, and there always seemed to be a heart and a desire to, to again, to go back, to see them again. And so he's praying that God would, would, would work it out, direct, direct our way to you, he said. Verse 12, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. A very important aspect of Christian fellowship is love. And he says he's praying that the Lord would make them to increase in their love to one another and to all. I think one of the best testimonies of a healthy church, healthy Christian, healthy Christian environment is love. Jesus says, you'll know, they'll know you're my disciples by your what? Love one for another. And we're living in a time where believers are known for a lot of things, but not always love. Some believers don't know how to hold truth and love together. Whereas I got the truth. Now, how do I hold the truth in love? We got to get better at that because some of us got the truth and that's all we got. Handful of truth. Shove it down your throat. No love, no grace, no compassion, no mercy. And I'm not saying that we put truth down and we just say love, love. No, no. We got the truth. I want to hold the truth in love. Truth ain't going nowhere. 
It's not changing. We're not watering it down. We're not melting it down. We're not readjusting it to fit your situation. The truth is the truth. But Lord, help us to hold it in love. And there should be, if, again, love among believers, our love for other people. It should really, it's, it's one of our greatest testimonies of the work of Christ in you and in me is real. Because you wouldn't be saved were it not for the love of God. Amen. And if you think about this, God didn't change the truth to love you. Right. He didn't. His convictions didn't change to love you. He didn't change the rules to love you. He didn't make sin OK to love you, but he loved you with an amazing love. Then he calls you who have been loved with amazing love to now show that same love to other people. And somehow there are Christians that struggle with that. But my prayer is that I feel like we've been blessed in our fellowship, but I want to keep I want to keep playing that, that chord, that string. I want us to continue to grow in that. Um, love, love should, th- th- that should be, that should be our greatest testimony. The people should come into an environment and say, wow, I don't, these people love God. They love each other. And you can't fake love for long, y'all. Love is, you either love folks or you don't. And because love is active, it'll be demonstrated. How we speak to one another, what we'll endure from one another, what we'll do for each other, uh, how we think about, care for, all of that will be, love is just demonstrated. People can see it. And so I, my prayer, I want to, as a pastor, I, I always am saying, God, help me to grow in that. Help me to be more loving. Uh, help me to lay down. I, I, I lay aside the parts of me that get in the way of that. Lord, help me to be more. That's what you're like. And I don't have to lay down the truth to be more loving. I can have both. Full of truth, full of grace, full of love. That's what the Lord was. And so Paul prays that for them. I pray that for us. Uh, again, I love when I hear from people in our body that they were loved on and people ministered to them. I love when I hear people getting together outside and just I love when I hear that the body is loving on each other because it just that's what we're called to do. That's what we're supposed to be for one another. And I pray we'll continue to grow in that way. So Paul prays for them that they would they would abound in love for one another and to all just as we do to you. Last verse 13 so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Something interesting in this book, every chapter, Paul mentions the second coming of Christ and everything that he wants. Why is he praying that they would be loving? Why is he praying for there to be established? Why is he praying that they would endure the trials and temptations? All of that, he says, so that you may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father. How do you how do we get presented in holiness and blameless and blamelessness before God? It is coming. The blood of Christ. Right. Not one of you will ever be good enough. You, none of us will be presented blameless and holy. Because you were blameless and holy. The only way you're going to be presented blameless and holy is that the blood of Christ has washed away your sins and the righteousness of Christ has been applied to your life. That's how you're going to be presented blameless and holy. And don't 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 think it can happen any other way that you be in Christ sincerely. He's I'm praying that you guys will be established in your hearts, blameless and holiness before God, God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints and he's pointing us to a future day where, where the Lord's coming back with all his saints. And he said, I want you guys to be ready. I want you to be prepared for that. And so as we wrap this up today, um, I want to do two things. Um, Paul has said a lot as far as this church and encouraging believers. And I hope that if you're a believer, that you're encouraged to disciple. You're encouraged to endure hardship faithfully. 
um, that you're encouraged to, to be taking other people along with you for the journey and caring for other people's walks with the Lord. But maybe you're listening in on all this stuff and this message has been really a message for believers. But maybe as we talk about this at the end, maybe you're not ready for the Lord when he comes. Maybe you're maybe you maybe you maybe you've not had your sins forgiven. Maybe you're not in relationship with the Lord in the way that you need to be. Then I would say, why would you leave here today without doing so? Right? You could you could be forgiven today. You could exercise your faith in Christ today. Uh, that, that believing that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the grave, and that there's no way to heaven except through Him. just heard a transforming word a ministry out of inglewood california do you know jesus we want you to find the inexpressible joy and hope found in him we'd strongly encourage you to go to calvaryinglewood.org to get started in knowing jesus personally part of the ministry of jesus focused on loving others in an unassuming way like that of a servant listen to the words of paul as he prays for you and me to have that same kind of love It reads like this from 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. We believe that your relationship with Jesus and others matters. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to grow in your faith whenever and wherever you are. There's nothing better than having the teachings of Jesus right at your fingertips. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Here it is again, in case you missed it the first time. calvaryinglewood.org. Do you need someone to talk with or pray for you? Don't wait another second longer. We would be overjoyed to be that someone for you today. You can call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310 310- 245-4811. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we're out of time for today. Plan to join us again on A Transforming Word.